Ayop Midok, which is the traditional Derby greeting to whoever we meet, whenever we meet them. And no, I don't actually know what Ayop Midok means, but who cares? Because what matters is that you're here and I'm here for the Art of Brilliance podcast series five, which is just a little bit different. So in this series, there are no guests. It's just you and I making a weekly commitment to 10 minutes or less. That's 10 minutes maximum per week every week for 52 weeks that you and I are committing to a personal relationship based on happiness and well-being. So time is short. Let's crack on. Okay, so in this episode, in terms of trying to give you something that uh, <laughs> that reverses everything we thought to be true, then I'm going to take you to India, but we're going to go via a very famous psychological um, theory put forward by Abraham Maslow. So if you, in case you don't know, Maslow, Abraham, Abe Maslow, I think it's 1950s, he proposed something that's very famous now in psychological circles called um, the hierarchy of needs. So you have to, again, it's a visual thing, but just I'm just going to introduce it. I'm going to come back to it later and invert it, but just get it in your head. So revise it, or, or if it's your first time, picture it in your head. So it's a pyramid, so it's a hierarchy, a pyramid, and it's divided into five sections. And Maslow's thing was human beings are motivated by the the the, the next level of need in their life that hasn't been satisfied. So, for example, so he starts at the bottom. So basically, he calls these your physiological needs. So human beings, your basic survival. You've got to have enough food and water and warmth and sleep in your life. If you haven't got those basics right, then you you can't move on to, to satisfy anything else until you've got some food in your belly. Now, once you've satisfied those basics, then you can move to the next level of Maslow's hierarchy, which he called safety. Safety needs it, like security and having a roof over your head and feeling like you, you, you can get through the day um, with, you, with you, well, alive, without being dying at the end of the day. Yeah? So that's your safety needs. Now, above that, once, so once you've got food in your belly and you've got a roof over your head, then you can move on to the third level of his hierarchy, which he called, it was kind of belongingness and love. So this is about relationships and friendships and the, the need to belong to a, a community, a tribe, a family, whatever. Now above that is his fourth level which is a, a kind of esteem and feeling good about yourself and feeling like you're achieving your purpose and your feelings of accomplishment, feeling you're getting somewhere in your life. Uh, in, in Art of Brill language we call that your why factor. You know, why do you get out of bed in the morning? Why does your organisation exist? And, and the biggest question is why should anyone care about those things? So that's... Um, that leads you on to the top of his hierarchy, which is very famous actually, he called it self-actualization, which kind of tripped himself up with a big word there, but that's essentially about achieving your full potential. And um, for me, self-actualization has become a feeling of being at peace with being me, <laughs> right? So being comfortable in your own skin, I think is self-actualization. Anyway, the point being, you move up those hierarchies um, and most people won't get to the top of that. Anyway. Park that in your head. I'm going to come back to it and reverse it in a second via India. So, quick backstory, very quick backstory actually. I, in 2019, so just before the pandemic, I decided I'd had this sort of dream for about 10 years of, of just going on a walkabout in India for a few months. And I've got a full time job. I love my job. I've got a family. I couldn't really do it. But on, I realized that on Otter Brill, what we talk about with people is, is to push their comfort zones and stretch themselves and do stuff. Life's too short, right? So if you've got a dream, you've got to go for it. And I thought it's incongruous and 
if I don't go for it. So to be true to myself and all our audiences, I was going to do it. So I packed my job in in 2019 and I went for three months to India. Now, my wife didn't fancy it. Um, so because she wasn't there, it wasn't posh Hilton hotels and holiday inns, right? I'm talking like subsistence existence. The, the whole point of going to India was to experience India as Indian people would experience it. And, and, and therefore, I deliberately set out to travel slowly. And by that, I mean, if you've ever spent three days on an Indian train in third class, folks, all right, that is quite a challenge, I tell you. You know, in a sleeping compartment that sleeps six and there's actually 15 of you in that compartment for three days, woof, that is proper India. And the aim was to go, because you can't do India, right? India is so vast and it's so diverse that you can't, and you'll never see it all. So rather than rushing around and thinking, tick, I've done India, I thought I'm just going to go to one area and try and soak it up. So the aim was to go north. So I flew into Delhi and I got a bus to a town called Rishikesh, which is, and I picked Rishikesh because it's quite a holy place. It's quite a, it's like this confluence of Buddhism, Hinduism. It's a very holy place. It's on the Ganges. It's in the foothills of the Himalayas. It's quite a beautiful place to be. Uh, I, I hired a motorbike and the aim was I was going to stay there a couple of months, book into an ashram, which is like a holy place. I was going to learn meditation and mindfulness and yoga and Buddhism and, and Hinduism. I was going to probably sit for a couple of months with my legs crossed, grow a goatee, learn all this stuff and come back enlightened. That, that was, Well, that was the aim. I basically just came back with dysentery like you do from India. Um, uh, that, no, no, that's a cheap gag. I absolutely loved it. Um, but I did pull a muscle in my uh, backside, day two of yoga. Right, and honestly, I mean, that doesn't sound, <laughs> it doesn't sound very serious. I literally couldn't ride my motorbike. It was so painful. I couldn't do yoga. So I gave up the yoga and I had to leave Rishikesh a bit earlier because I literally couldn't take part in any of the activities. So I thought, okay, well, what we're going to do is go north further into the big mountains, into the Himalayas, to a town called Manali. It is kind of not very, it's not really on the tourist track very much. So I went, there's another day on a bus, right? I'm, I'll spare you the details. But essentially, this was one of those windy mountain, I mean, you're talking Indian bus, by the way, not a British bus, right? This bus would not be on the road in the UK. In fact, the roads would not be on the map in the UK. These are little mountain passes with a bus going like hairpin bends. Oh my gosh, it was the most terrifying thing I think I've ever done. I didn't get any, it was a 24 hour journey. I didn't sleep at all. I was just like, oh my gosh, we could go over this ravine any moment. Anyway, we didn't, but we, there was a rest stop halfway about 3 a.m. in the morning and again not a British rest stop it's not a motorway service station folks this is we're in a tiny little village in the Himalayas and the driver pulls up at his mate's house that's what an Indian bus journey is it pull up at your mate's house you all have a wee in his in his house right in in a toilet you wouldn't you just wouldn't want to go into to be fair his, his wife cooked as paneer which is sort of a cheesy thing at 3am in the morning. Anyway, it's a most bizarre thing. I had my quick wee and my quick food. And now I have 20 minutes before we get back on the bus. So I had a little wander around this village at 3am in total darkness. I've got the light of my iPhone. I'm just having a quick look around. And there's a river running through the, the village. Like they were always in the, in the Himalayas. And underneath a bridge where that was going over the river. I My light, my torch lit up. about There's about 30 or 40 people asleep under the bridge. Right? Now, bear in mind, it's quite chilly up here, quite high in the Himalayas. They were asleep under the bridge, under the blankets. And first of all, it scared me to death because I thought, oh my gosh, are they dead? And they're, no, they're just 
snoring, they're asleep. Right? They live there. And that got me thinking that pretty much probably every under every bridge, particularly in the big cities, there'll be hundreds of people asleep, which actually gets me feeling quite emotional about the plight of some people. But if we just park that, my point was that I came across these people in the middle of the night in this Indian village in the Himalayas. They live under a bridge. These people have nothing, right? So they don't have a roof over their head. They probably haven't got enough food in their tummy. But I thought that possibly they might be at peace with what they have and haven't got. And I'm thinking that if we go back to Maslow um, and Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and, and you can almost turn it on its head, and the pyramid now stands on its pointy bit, that I suspect, and I can't prove it, and I might be wrong, but I suspect these people have got more peace in their lives than we have. I suspect that they haven't got a lot, but they're comfortable with not having a lot. So in terms of being peaceful in their own skin, they've probably got that. And yet, what they haven't got, they haven't satisfied the basic needs. They probably haven't got enough food, they haven't got enough water, they haven't got enough sleep, they haven't got safety, they haven't got a roof over their head. So all the basics of human existence that they haven't got, and yet they may have transcended that and be more peaceful maybe than we are over here now that I don't know because I can't prove that but it was a big awakening for me about Maslow's hierarchy if we inverted it is this spirituality thing and this <sighs> being peaceful in your own skin it's an interesting thought I think now make of it what you will but my point is this as my clock ticks to 10 minutes and I don't want to go over 10 is that my thought is this is these people have nothing but they have peace and if you think about us in the Western world, we have everything except peace. And like I say, I think it's an interesting thought. Do with it what you will. But until next time, have some peaceful thinking. Thanks for listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell the world. A nice review would make our day. That's the very best way of getting like-minded people to tune into our very simple messages about happiness and human flourishing. If you've hated it, please keep quiet. <laughs> Remember the world has enough negativity already. So be a lover, not a hater. Feel free to check out our training and the little shop of happiness at artofbrilliance.co.uk. Thanks again. See you next time for another amazing episode. <laughs>